Welcome to the Bruce Siski Show. Follow the Bruce Siski Show on Twitter to interact anytime. Got something on your mind? You can text Bruce during the show by using the short code 84454. You're listening to the Bruce Siski Show on 610 and FM 103.9 KDAL. Uh, 10 12 That's a good way to start the show 23rd of january 2024 apparently can't talk today bruce siski show here on kda i'll get to have you with us this morning uh coming up uh, umv women's basketball head coach mandy pearson bulldogs uh, basketball home this weekend as are both the hockey teams and we've got the hockey double headers for you friday and saturday women versus defending national champion wisconsin men versus miami our coverage begins with the women at 245 friday and saturday right here on KDAL from Amazoil Arena. Joining us now from the Minnesota Wild Radio Network, one of my favorite people walking this earth, the great Kevin Falness. Good morning. One of them, he says. Name the other four. <laughs> my favorite people walking. My wife and son would be up there. All right. That, my, that, I'll accept who's the other one. My mother would have to be up there as well. <laughs> so you're right there. With the, mo- like with the most important people in my life. I love it. Your wife, obviously, terrible taste in men, but other than that, I'm in good company. I thought you'd be nicer to me since I stopped posting my Wordle every day. <laughs> Did you really? I had, I had you muted for like a decade. <laughs> I, I had no idea. <laughs> I'm just glad I didn't block my phone number. That's At this point, that's, I'm grateful for that. No, that's the Micheletti treatment in the offseason. <laughs> okay. <laughs> just jump right in. Uh, so the team just got back from a road trip. They were gone for roughly, what, the five days, whatever it is. When the team goes on like a five-day or longer road trip, who do you miss the most that, that's gone with the team? Absolutely none of them. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I mean, my job's a lot easier when they're at home for sure. But when they're on the road, I mean, it's uh, it's it takes a different complexion. It's... It's it's not a bad thing at all. I I uh, I don't miss traveling. I would travel if need be, and I don't need to, so I don't. Um, yeah, it, it, the road trips are fantastic. Are you kidding me? <laughs> well, I was hoping you'd like be able to think of somebody that's that's gone with the team. That boy, I kind of miss them when they're gone. But you can't think of anybody. No, not at all. No, I Jeez. get my, here. I love Joe Donald, Tom Reed. Uh, even Sickman and, and the you know Jackson Rebel, the the uh, PR guys, all fantastic people. The guys on the team, awesome to be around. But the home schedule's enough. When they're on the road, I'll do the broadcast, do my job. Like it's a home game today. I'm on my way into the arena. I won't get out of there till two o'clock in the morning. Uh, I don't need that every night. Okay, I suppose that's a good point. That. That is very fair. I will say with road trips, I was just in Kalamazoo, Michigan, one of the real exotic locales that I get to visit on the uh, the NCHC circuit, and basically sure. spent two days in the hotel watch uh, binge-watching Family Guy on my tablet. Oh, uh, there you go. Kalamazoo is a great place to call a game from, though, isn't it? Oh, it's – you know, here's the thing. So – are there are there more luxurious places in our league and around college hockey? Absolutely, but there's something about that building. You know, the press box is on top of this of, of this vulgar, you know, rambunctious student section that's about as loud as anything you'll ever be around. 
there, I, I told my wife, I said, it's just different in that building. Everything feels so frantic. I, I, I can't – there's not any reason for it. It's the same kind of ice. It's not like the rink is – you know. it's not like there's really small rink or something. It's just everything feels frantic when you go there, and, and it's, a, it's a fun place to work. Yeah, I've never, never called a game there. Certainly never been to a game there. Uh, but I've only heard awesome things. So yeah. yeah, I mean that's that's the beauty of college hockey, though. You you get you get the the best part of hockey when you get to call a college hockey game on the road and get to see the uh, the passion of the other fans. That's awesome for you. And there's nothing better than when uh, you know, Kyle Clevin scored with like four minutes left on Friday to put him up six three, and you couldn't have, you couldn't have emptied the building quicker if you had tripped the fire alarm. It, it's just a beautiful <laughs> thing when that happens on the road. Yeah, awesome stuff. I love it. Uh, Kevin, two-on-one road trip. As I always say with, with those two-on-one trips, meatloaf two out of three ain't bad. It, it, we'll, we'll take it, especially the way the road trip started Thursday in Tampa, giving up a touchdown to the Lightning in a 7-3 loss. But, you know, nice bounce back with the win at Florida Friday and, and then Sunday at Carolina. And that Sunday game, it was nice to see Philip Gustafson kind of find his game a little bit. Yeah, I mean, you can downplay taking two or three on the road, but the way this team has played, you know, honestly, for the most of the season, it's almost like they're playing with found money. The, the way they got hammered in Tampa Bay, giving up the five power play goals to the Lightning, to bounce back and almost give it away in Florida, but then, you know, figure out a way to get it done against the uh, Panthers. And then, yeah, like you said, the return of Philip Gustafson, he's been back now for a handful of games. His numbers were awful before that game in uh, in uh, Carolina. Even at the end of Florida, the, the game against Florida, he had some spectacular saves and it felt like he was rounding into form. But the game against uh, the Hurricanes, he was the difference of the, of the hockey game. I think they officially awarded Kaprizov uh, the first start of the game for his hat trick and finishing off into an empty net. But he doesn't get his hat trick. His hat trick is nothing if it's not for Philip Gustafson. 17 saves in the first period alone. 40 saves on the night. Uh, this is the guy that was your number one goaltender last year, and it's good to see him back. Yeah, they were getting dog walked in the first period. It, it, shots were 12 to one. They ended up 18 to three in the first. And to get out of that one one, yeah, it was nice to see Kirill Kaprizov get on the board in the first period Sunday. But it means nothing if you don't have a goaltender back there making some big saves against the Hurricanes because they could have had two or three more than the one that they got. Yeah, he was outstanding, and that's. Uh, that's what you need, especially right now with Mark Andre Fleury on the shelf. They called up yes for Volstead. He's waiting in the wings, but uh, there's an opportunity here for if, even if uh, Fleury isn't available for Gustafson to uh, take it the distance. There's just three games between now and the All Star break, and they're every other night. There's no back to back, so it could be the Philip Gustafson show for the next three games, regardless of uh, Fleury's status. And I feel pretty comfortable with that. If you asked me that three days ago, I probably am not as comfortable. But the way he played uh, in Carolina on Sunday, uh, he probably deserves the opportunity. Uh, Kevin, following this Minnesota Wild Radio Network, we're talking wild. They get the uh, the Capitals tonight in St. Paul. We'll preview that matchup here in just a couple of moments. Kirill Kaprizov is the NHL's first star of the week: five goals, eight points in four games. And you know, he, he it felt like he was starting to come around to, to kind of more what we were used to seeing out of Kirill before he suffered that injury in Winnipeg. And it's nice to see that he picked up kind of where he left off when he got hurt. Yeah, he's been on the tear since uh, he missed those seven games with his injuries because of the uh, Brennan Dillon 
flash against his rib cage, kidneys, whatever it was. Uh, it buckled him, and he felt the effects of that for seven games. Comes back, and yeah, I mean, he was getting points, and now he's getting goals. Five goals in the last two games. Um, he's the all-star for a reason. Um, th- there's a lot of important pieces on this team, but they're only going to go as far as Kirill Kaprizov takes them, and he's putting the puck in the net now, and he's finding, finding his stride. He's finding his confidence, and I, this is a good time to be riding the wave. I mean, it, it was disheartening. I was watching hockey last night, and they flashed the standings up there, the full Western Conference, and to see the Wild sitting there fourth from last is really hard to look at. We don't see that all that often uh, since they've been in the league. But on the other side of it, because of the uh, point system in the NHL, they're only six points back of the final wild card spot in the West, if I, if I saw it correctly. Yeah, you did. Six points back of, of the Nashville Predators. So, you know, I mean, I know that everyone's talking about, uh, you know, take the season, get a high draft pick. I don't know, man. Hogwash to that to me. It, it's still too early for that. They've won two in a row. They've got an opportunity. You know, no one should be expected to be uh, uh, an easy cupcake for the Wild the way they've played this year. But, I mean, this is a favorable schedule going into the All-Star break. String two or three more together, and let's see where we sit. And then, you know, you get that final push for the final 30 games. Uh, everything's on the table. Here's what I would say, and I, I think I might have said this on the show. Uh, if I didn't, I'll say it now for the first time. Uh, I understand you know, there's a lot of prideful people in this organization, and, and they want to win. And I'm not – you know me a little bit, Kevin. I'm not tank guy. I don't believe in it. I think it's – you know, I look at what happened last year. You know, everyone ripped the Blackhawks for getting the top pick. But the Blackhawks got the top pick because they won their last couple of games, including taking Pittsburgh out of a playoff spot in Pittsburgh on the second-to-last day of the regular season. So I, I, I do think that there's there's calmer to be had if, if you're going to go into tank mode – and you think you're just going to get the top pick and bring in Macklin Celebrini and all is going to be well. That's not how this works. So I, I'm fine with them trying to win games. I'm fine with them trying to, to push for a playoff spot no matter what happens once they get that playoff spot. What I'm not a huge fan of is the potential of going and giving up assets for a defenseman to replace Jared Spurgeon. Number one, you're not going to find a defenseman to replace Jared Spurgeon based on who might be available. And number two, that asset something you might need in a couple of years. Yep, that's exactly right. And I'd be surprised if they did that, especially considering the fact that they've got some pretty good assets down in Iowa uh, patrolling the blue line for the Iowa Wild. Uh, you need to replace Jared Spurgeon. Let's see what a Damon Hunt can do for an extended basis. Let's see what a Ryan O'Rourke can do. Let's see what a Carson Lambos can do. My guess is that's the route they'll take. I don't know what they'll do with that money. As right now with uh, Jared Spurgeon out the rest of the season, they do have some money to play with. Uh, but I'd be surprised if it's uh, a rental in terms of a defenseman. I, I think they need to give these kids a run if, if, if they can figure out how to do it. Yeah, that, I would also agree with that. And, and yeah, but the six points out of a playoff spot is certainly it's not it's not beyond the realm of possibility that this team could find itself you know pushing for a wild card bid in the final ten fifteen games uh, of the regular season. And, and one of the reasons if they're able to do that is, is Jewel Eriksson-Eck. The next guy I want to ask you about, Kevin. Uh, I know you know Patrice Bergeron has has had a command on the Selkie Trophy for the however long he played in the NHL. He's gone now. Uh, the Selkie is the best defensive forward. I, it feels like Jewel Eriksson Ek is a guy who should going forward here almost perennially be a candidate for this award. Is there a more underappreciated player in the Western Conference than Jewel Eriksson Ek who gets like virtually no accolades and is about to post another twenty goal season? 
Yeah, I mean, he might be underappreciated in the broad landscape of the National Hockey League, but in my eyes, I, and I mean this with all sincerity, the number nine is hanging in the rafters now. Number 14, I, I would bet money on, is the next one. He's that good to this franchise. He's that good to this team. Uh, he's that important to this team. And, again, Kirill Kaprizov is their best player. Jules Eriksson-Eck is their most irreplaceable. The, what, what he does for this team, you just can't put a, a price tag on. And I saw, you know, rumors are what rumors are. People talk about, you know, could Jules Eriksson-Eck be on the move here at the trade deadline? Bull Durham, dude, there's no way. You can't find a guy like this to play down the middle, can play your top line, can play your second, third, fourth line if you need him. But what he does on both ends of the ice, you can't put a price tag on that. So if, if I'm Bill Guerin, I grab him by the shoulders, and I don't let him go until he's, you know, 40 years old. He's that good. He's that important. And if, I don't know what the appreciation level is everywhere else, but I know in my world, he's number one on this team with a bullet. And, of course, Jonas Brodeen coming back. And not surprisingly, the Wild post a shutout in Jonas Brodeen's first game back from that long-term injury he suffered with the thumb. Uh, you know, he is, He's another guy that maybe, if you look around the league, does not get the, the press that he deserves because he's not this flashy, you know, Kale McCarr offensive defenseman. But if you're trying to build a hockey team, you need Jonas Brodeen on it. He's so good, man. I really like the uh, combination of Middleton and Faber uh, at first when Spurgeon went out. But you bring Brodeen back and you pair him with Brock Faber. There's very few guys that can skate like those two on the blue line. And what they can do and to offset each other. You know, Brodeen was so good at masking some of Dumba's flaws with his skating. Now he compliments Faber so well and vice versa. Faber does wonderful things, you know, on, on that duel with, uh, with, with Brodeen. Man, it's been so much fun to watch. And, and it's just such a breath of fresh air having 25 back in the lineup. So, yeah, that's huge. I mean, this team, and I know I'm preaching to the choir when I talk to UMD fans about uh, injuries, but this team at one point was without seven regulars. It's not just the fact that they were without a couple of guys. I mean, Spurgeon, Brodeen, Kaprizov, uh, Hartman at one point, Zuccarello at one point, uh, and they're all out exact same time and now to get everyone back only guy you're missing right now is Spurgeon and I guess you know for a role play Vinny Letary and it feels like things are starting to fall back in form um, I say that and then you know they probably get their butts kicked tonight by the Capitals but it feels like this is the team that we signed up for earlier this season. A couple more for Kevin Fallon's Minnesota Wild Radio Network Capitals tonight at 7 o'clock with you and Joe and Tom on AM 710. Uh, the Capitals I, I, I I, I hesitate to use the word surprising, but if you'd have told me that Ovechkin would get off to the start that he got off to, and yet here are the Capitals, you know, three points out of a playoff spot in the East with games in hand on both teams that they're chasing, I, I got to think the Capitals would have taken that. They're, they're a flawed team, but this is a pretty salty bunch that the Wild have to deal with tonight. Yeah, to bring it back to uh, our roots, it's nice to see T.J. Oshie you yeah. know, bouncing back. I think he's dealt with injuries a little bit. Had a hat trick within the last week, and uh, you know he's one of the guys that's helping them get it done. But yeah, I don't, I don't believe in the Washington Capitals at all. I, I think the that division and that conference is too strong. I think the uh, the Capitals in the end will get swallowed up. I, I think it's a question. It, it felt like a foregone conclusion that uh, Ovechkin would catch uh, Gretzky kind of like uh, Fleury has caught Wah, I just don't know that that's even a thing anymore. He just feels like he's old. I, I can't wait to see him with my own two eyes tonight to see what uh, Ovechkin looks like, but it feels like uh, 
we're we're closer to the end than we've ever been with number eight. Yeah, I think there's no question about that. And finally, Hockey Day Minnesota Saturday. Uh, you guys are up an hour later than usual on Saturday because of Hockey Day, which is it's 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 evolved. I, like there's a couple. The Rink Live's got a couple of pieces up uh, on kind of the uh, the evolution of Hockey Day over the years and going back to the first one up in Bedette in in 2007. This thing has become just kind of a state institution over the years, and it's so cool that they're up in War Road this year. I think it's going to be awesome. I don't think the weather's going to be as bad as I thought it was going to be. You know, a couple weeks ago, as we're dealing with those Arctic temperatures, I'm like, my God, I've never been happier not to be Kevin Gorg having to stand out there and do whatever it is that he does with his tarps off and, and all that other good stuff. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's what, what, what they've been able to fabricate here with this hockey team in Minnesota is unbelievable. And some of the memories, you know, whether it's Nate Prosser scoring or I think a Kyle Rowell once scored on Hockey Day Minnesota, and there's been some really cool memories. So I'm sure World's going to do nothing but add to the lineage, and it should be awesome. Kevin, uh, Joe, and Tom tonight on AM710. Coverage begins at 645. Thank you, as always, my friend. All right, my friend. We'll see you later. Kevin Falness, Minnesota Wild Radio Network over on AM710 tonight for the Wild and Capitals. they got the Predators on Thursday at 7 and then the Anaheim Ducks on Hockey Day Saturday at 8 o'clock to wrap up the homestand and wrap up kind of the proverbial first half of the season for the Wild. All-Star break is next week, but the Wild have their bye week coming up before that. So uh, their last game before the bye is Saturday, and their first game off of the bye will be Wednesday night, February 7th. So uh, two weeks from tomorrow when the Wild return from that long break in Chicago against the Blackhawks. More to come as we hit 10.30 on this Tuesday morning. Women's basketball head coach at UMV, Mandy Pearson, joins us in just a few minutes. Bruce Siski Show brought to you by Sanju. Sanju Sanju.com, where the cars are on KDAL. This is the Golden Gopher Daily Update. I'm Mike Grimm. We'll talk Minnesota basketball next. The Gopher men entertain Wisconsin tonight at Williams Arena. Minnesota head coach Ben Johnson says his team is ready to go. You know, anytime you can get a ranked opponent in your building, that's something that I think guys should be excited about, and I know they will. Again, it's another opportunity to to go compete at home, you know, be able to learn from experiences in East Lansing to now take that final step to get back to 500. So I think there's a lot of positive things that we have going our way and a lot of things that we should be excited about uh, here tonight. What has been working for them and what a key might be for you guys tonight? I think it's it's obvious that they you know have a lot of guys back that um, have played a lot of basketball, not only in college, but, but for the same program. So there's continuity there and a team that you know went to the NIT last year and got extra games in and had momentum coming into this season, but just that experience factor. And they've got good players. And again, you can't put a price tag on experience, continuity, and good talent. And so, uh, you know, it's going to be a challenge. You know, we know as a program, they don't beat themselves. So you got to find ways to be detail-oriented and kind of do what you do and got to be able to defend, got to be able to take care of the basketball. That's go for coach Ben Johnson. Tonight's game tips off at 6 o'clock at the barn. Meanwhile, the Golden Gopher women visit Wisconsin tonight. That game tips at 8. That's the Golden Gopher Daily Update. I'm Mike Graham. KDAL invites you to the 15th Twin Ports Great Medallion Hunt. Clues weekday mornings on the KDAL Morning Show. More to come here as we will talk some Bulldog basketball. And we'll be visiting with the head coach of the UMD men, Justin Wick, here coming up in a minute. Bulldogs home this weekend. 
They've got Crookston Friday and Bemidji coming up on Saturday at Romano Gym. Bulldog Hockey is home as well. We've got the games double headers Friday and Saturday from Amsoil right here on KDAL. 1036 CBS News Update. Up next, Bruce Siski Show on KDAL. The Bruce Siski Show. You're going to need a blanket and suntan lotion because you're never going to get off that beach just the way you never got into the NHL. On 610 and FM 103.9 KDAL. 1041. I'll be gone tomorrow. We'll have Miami hockey coach Chris Bergeron. Dave will also run a best of conversation tomorrow. Then Thursday, UMD women's hockey head coach Maura Kroll and women's basketball senior Madeline Granicup. Friday, UMD men's hockey senior Darian Goats. Women's hockey junior Hannah Baskin. And the new women's hockey director for College Hockey Inc., the former Cloquet star Sadie Lundquist, ex of the Minnesota Whitecaps as well. All that coming up for you on a packed radio show on Friday. Joining us now, head coach of the UMD men's basketball team is Justin Wick. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Bruce. Thanks for having me. Thank you. How you doing? Uh, I cannot complain. You got a busy radio lineup, so um, you're a you're a pretty busy guy this time of the year. Yeah, that's but that's the good thing is this time of year is always nice and busy. We like it that way. Uh, Moorhead and Northern State this last weekend. I know from trying to watch the uh, part of the Northern or the Moorhead game, I should say on Friday uh, via the you know the, the the live stats, keep track of what's going on. That was a little back and forth, and and you guys rallied in the second half and and certainly made a game of it, but. Uh, more able to close things out. Your thoughts on the weekend as a whole for your group? Yeah, I thought it was a little bit up and down for us, honestly. Um, you know, I think we uh, going to Moorhead. Obviously, I mean they're top five in the country and fifteen and one. So um, you never want to bat it. You know, you don't want to get um, overly worked up with a loss in that environment. They had a great crowd, but I also thought we could have played better. So I uh, was proud of our guys for how they rallied in the second half. Went up by five or six with about four minutes to go. And then, honestly, we just missed a lot of open shots. Uh, we had a couple chances uh, to go up nine. Um, had a couple wide-open threes, and that's kind of been the tale of our uh, of our season so far. Um, just having shot the ball great, and uh, there's a one-possession game there. There's a one-possession game to Mankato. So um, our, our guys are close. We're close against uh, some of the best teams in the country, and I think we all know in our program and in our locker room and our fans know that uh, we're as good as anybody, so uh, we're just going to keep grinding away. I thought our guys really responded on Saturday, um, playing at Northern State in one of the toughest environments in the country on on I Hate Winter Night. I thought our guys really really responded, shot well, played well, played super hard. So um, no need to panic for, from our program. Uh, we got a lot of a lot of confidence that our shots are going to fall, but we're playing defense, we're playing hard, we're playing together. So. Uh, it's only a matter of time, and we've got a lot of opportunities left here down the stretch. I saw that I hate winter night thing on the on the live stats before the game started. What exactly is that? Uh, it's their yearly. It's just their big promotion. Everybody dresses up in swimsuits and bikinis, <laughs> and there's about six or seven thousand people in there. Um, you know, it's kind of a a weird step back in time with some of the things that go on there. But uh, it, it's a great environment as, as far as. Um, you know, students just stand around the floor. Uh, it's probably six to eight deep all the way around the floor of student section. And um, it's one of those weekends that I know their entire community looks forward to. Uh, you know, I, I, I lived there for two years, so I, I got a chance to see it all on the other side. Uh, it's almost like a big homecoming, you know, for, for lack of a better term. So uh, tons of people there. It's always really, really, really difficult to win. 
on Saturday night of, of I Hate Winter. We played there last year and lost by, you know, 15 or 18. Uh, I've seen some big-time blowouts there against some really good teams. It's just one of those nights for them usually. So for our guys to come out and really set the tone right away, um, and, and, you know, we, get, we got off to a good start and then really pushed that thing from a 10-point halftime lead up to 20 or 22, uh, you know, midway or, or late in the second half. We just kind of continually played really well all the way through the game. Um, had a lot of good contributions. I think we had five guys in double figures. And uh, when we're at our best, we're, we're, we're balanced. Um, we're making shots and we're playing defense. And um, for all the stuff that struggled on, on Friday against one of the best teams in the country and still had a chance to win, um, I thought we played one of our best games Saturday. And, and again, like I said, we've got 10 games left in the regular season, some really good opponents and some really good opportunities for us to hopefully uh, catch our stride. And um, it's funny that we're sitting here at 13 and five and still have you know, still kind of feel like we're not playing our best. And that's kind of shows you where our program is and what, what the expectations are. But um, we've got a lot of guys in our locker room that have done it for a long time. And, uh, we're looking forward to uh, this stretch run, stretch Ta- run, run with those guys. Sorry, talking to UMD men's basketball coach Justin Wick. You mentioned you know, missing some open shots on on Friday in Moorhead, and 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 you know, getting the looks that you want and they're not going down. It, it feels like it, it's one of those things. You've got so many guys on this team that have that experience. They've made these big shots before. You can't just assume that those shots are going to fall, but you've got to like the fact you're getting the looks that you want. Yeah, you know, when we walk out of the, you know, out of a game like that, and kind of the same thing against Mankato, you got guys like, um, you know, Jack Middleton and Drew Blair that, you know, are one for seven or two for nine, whatever it is, and you know that most of them are pretty good shots. So at the end of the day, you'll take it. I've seen those guys shoot at a really high level, um, you know, for four to five years. Uh, in both those games, you lose by two points, right? So I, so I know we're right there. Um, for us, our guys are working hard like crazy. They're putting more time into it than ever. Um, we really focusing on getting the best shots we can get and I think um, of all the years I've been here it's the most unselfish, the ball's moving um, trying to eliminate some of those isolation uh, stretches where we shoot some bad shots which we've had in the past um, so I feel like we've made so many strides offensively uh, we're just not uh, putting the ball in the hole like I know we're capable of so, um, but it's good that we're still 13-5 and five. we're the top top ranked defense in the league, uh, top ranked um, you know, field goal percentage defense and three point percentage defense so our guys are playing really hard. Uh, they're really bought in defensively, and that's what gives us a chance every night. And my hope is here down the stretch we can um, – we don't really need to catch fire. We just need to be uh, solid as far as shooting basketball, and we've got a chance to, uh, to do something really special, uh, very similar to what we did last year. Home games this weekend uh, with Crookston and Bemidji coming into Romano Gym. and It's always nice to get back at home. You played three straight on the road, and, and now you get back in that home gym. Your thoughts on these matchups this weekend and, and the challenges you'll face? Yeah, really great home stretch for us. You know, my hope is we haven't played at, at home much this year. Uh, I think we've, you know, we've only had five games at home so far and only have 11 of them total. So it's a great chance now with our students back on campus. Um, and really kind of ramping up football, uh, you know, pro football season's almost over. Really kind of feel like you're into to hoop season from a, from, from a fan standpoint. So uh, my hope is that we can have some great crowds here. These are big games for us. Uh, Crookston is always dangerous. They've got some guys that can really score the ball. Uh, the record might not be the best, but they got some guys that can really score it. So uh, I think what we found out in this league just in general, if you're not ready to go any night, uh, you, you're you're going to get beat, and uh, you've seen you see a lot of weird and wild scores across the league, you know, night in night out. So we've got to be ready Friday. Uh, but Midgey is 
one of the best offensive teams uh, in our league for sure on Saturday. It's, it's going to be a heck of a test. And then just a two-day prep, and you got um, Mankato, who was number one in the country. They lost uh, their first game of the year last weekend. They'll probably be a top-five team. So get a chance to have um, three good opponents coming here. And, again, we look at these as opportunities. Um, you know, we're, we're a couple possessions away from being one of the best teams in the country, and uh, we feel like we are, and we've just got to go out and do it. So um, to have those opportunities with our fans here, with our students here, it should be some really good basketball. Um, and you start start getting closer to the end, you start ticking down after this weekend. Um, I mean, going into this weekend, only 10 games left, and those opportunities go really quick. So uh, for our old, older guys trying to make the most of it, um, some really good NSIC competition here on both the men's and the women's side, and we're looking forward to some big crowds this week. And looking forward to Tuesday night, of course, with uh, with Mankato in town. That should be a doozy of a matchup for both the women and the men. Or no, the, the yeah, for both the women and the men at the Definitely. Romano on Tuesday. Uh, and they've got a big promotion lined up as well. Be listening for more details on that going into Tuesday. Thanks so much, sir. Appreciate it. Good luck this weekend and again on Tuesday, all right? All right, thanks, Bruce. Appreciate it. All right, Justin Wick, head coach, UMD men's basketball team. A big stretch of home games coming up for the Bulldog basketball teams. Again, umdbulldogs.com has got all the details for tickets. But to make sure you're uh, – if you're a basketball fan, getting up to Romano this weekend, support Bulldog basketball. And then again with Mankato in town on Tuesday. Thanks to Sanju. Sanju Polaris, Sanju.com. Where the cars are, proud sponsors of the radio show. We're back to wrap it up. 10.50, prep update next. Bruce Siski Show, 610-103.9 KDAL. Your Twin Ports home for UMD Bulldog Hockey. Shot score! UMD! KDAL. 10.59 will be out tomorrow. Back Thursday. Tomorrow, Miami hockey coach Chris Bergeron will join the radio show. You get a preview this weekend series with UMD. We're busy again Thursday. UMD women's hockey head coach Maura Kroll with the champs coming to town this weekend. We'll preview that weekend set. Both games Friday and Saturday here on KDAL. And UMD Women's Basketball Senior Madeline Granica also on Thursday. Brad's up next with Sound Off after a news break. Have a great Tuesday, everyone. Thanks for listening. This has been the Bruce Siski Show. Hit us up on Twitter at Bruce Siski Show and let us know what you think. No, yes, no, well, no, I, I crossed my mind. Visit KDAL610.com to podcast today's show anytime. What'd you say? Listen to shows on demand and download for free. You can also subscribe via Spotify or your favorite podcast app. This has been the Bruce Siski Show. CBS News is up next. For more than 80 years, KDAL 103.9, W28, FBFM, and 610 KDAL, Delusive Superior, a Midwest communication station. KDAL.